What's going on, Thrive Church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way it has blessed our house this past Sunday. Thank you, bro. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Luis one more time. Just want to honor him. Love Pastor Luis. All right. Well, hey, I, um, I'm excited because when God decides to change up the service, you kind of just got to flow with it, you know, and it's kind of like learning that he changes our plans all the time, like in life and everything. And so um, production team, do me a favor. Just leave that on the screen. You're good. I'm going to freestyle a little bit. And so um, we're going to go ahead and change it up a little bit more. And I just feel like God kind of me telling me to bring a different word today. And for some of you, if that's exciting, awesome. If some of you are like, what does that mean? Let's just, we're just going to roll with it, but I think it's going to be good. And uh, I want to share with you something a little different. So do me a favor, stay in your feet with me. Come on all over the room. We're going to continue our series on David, but we're just going to pivot a little. And uh, I want to go to Psalms chapter one. And so um, the plan was not to teach on Psalms chapter one, so it's not going to be on the screen. So do me a favor, pull out your phones, open your Bibles. You're going to actually have to open them right now and um, pull out the Bible app on your phone. And I want, I want to read it to you. And so Psalm chapter one, Psalm chapter one, we're going to give you some time and uh, pray that prayer over the men of our house just right now. And I feel like the Lord wants to just kind of speak a little bit on it and share a little bit on it. Um, I have learned that uh, even if it's just for one person, it's okay to interrupt service and let God speak. Although we're a church that's large, like how many last week, man, we had over 101 baptisms this year in this building. Isn't that amazing? Last week was 50 of them or something like that. It was ridiculous. And God's just using our church. But, but I've also learned this, that Jesus was great at loving thousands but loving one person as if they're the only person that has his attention. And so here at our church, we'll do that too. Uh, that's our goal is that when you come in the lobby or your kids or worship or when you're in the parking lot and that you would feel loved on as if you were the only one in the room. And so in a similar manner, sometimes I just think God has to allow us to speak um, or allow him to speak and then we kind of get out of the way. At the same time though, um, it would be foolish to not go into the word a little bit if we just had worship for an hour and a half and said, all right, go have a good lunch at Denny's and peace out. You know what I'm saying? Like you can listen to worship music and worship the Lord all week long, but there's something about collectively hearing the word together so that way we can all be on the same page of what God is teaching us together in the house. Does that make sense? I want to remind you that when God has me preach something to you or someone on the staff, he is preaching it to me first. Okay. Like, I'm not teaching you something that I know. It's God's teaching me something. And then because it worked for me, chances are it'll work for you. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to give something that has never transformed my life. And so Psalms 1 has been a particular psalm that I've gone to back and forth in seasons of my life for years. I remember not just because it's um, the first psalm, but also as well as the first psalm I read over my daughter. Her name is Psalm as well that I read when she was first born. I want to read it to you. I want to just highlight a couple things. Really, we're going to stick in verse three and verse four. And it says this Psalm verses one, all the way, chapter one, verses one through six. It said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree Planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons and its life does not wither. Its leaves do not wither. 
In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chafe that wind drives away. Verse 5 and 6. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this word. Help us to illuminate what you're saying. Help us to learn what you want to share. Help us to listen to what you want to say to us. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Have a seat. All right. And so we've been on this series called All of Me, right? The the, the graphic in the back and, and this idea of we look at the life of David and we see that David's life is completely sold out wholeheartedly after God. And, and, and this isn't going to be a long message. I just want to give you a little bit of thoughts, a little bit of points, little, some things to chew on as you go through the week. But if there's anything that's my heart is that by the end of this series, maybe our hearts would be a little bit more on fire for Jesus than they were before. Maybe we would love God a little bit deeper. Maybe we would choose God a little bit greater. Maybe we would learn some of these principles and things that kind of separated David apart from Scripture as anyone else in Scripture, that we would begin to attach ourselves to some of these ideas and concepts. And really what it is, is a heart and a passion after God, the way David had a heart and a passion after God. And so I love this verse, Psalms chapter 1, which David eloquently writes. It's one of his, it's the first Psalm for a reason. And David kind of sets the pace of the rest of the Psalms with Psalm chapter 1. And essentially what he's talking about is the difference between a man who loves the Lord and the difference between a man who does not. And what he begins to kind of spell out is there's one situation where there's the wicked. That's how he describes them. People who are choosing blatantly to not choose Jesus. They are not choosing Jesus's way. They are not choosing Jesus's path. They are just doing whatever they want to do. And then there's the way of the righteous. And he describes the way of the righteous. And then he begins to describe them and what they would look like in the imagery of that. And I love that imagery, especially in Psalm chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, where it talks about how it is like a man or a woman, right? It doesn't matter when you read the Bible and when it's talking about like men specifically like that it's it's not necessarily about gender it's about anybody right a man or a woman who chooses the ways of Jesus who chooses the path of following God he is like a tree planted by a stream of water that yields its fruit in seasons and who leaves do not wither I love that passage because for me, I don't know about you, but my whole life I've struggled with this one word and it's consistency. Come on, let's be real. Some of us like day, like week two of the beginning of the year, we stopped working out, right? We, we have a tendency as humans to struggle with consistency. Here, here's what I've learned is that time plus multiplication, right? It's like when you multiply time, repetition, consistency, you begin to see a product. You begin to see something that is farly greater and exponential than something else, right? If you just kind of do it every now and then. And and what I have learned is that Jesus requires intentionality. You cannot really follow Jesus on accident, right? Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's other things you can, like, do on accident, like win the lottery. Like, that's a big accident. Some of y'all might think that's the Lord. It was an accident. Some of y'all are like, I'm going to get that lottery ticket, and Jesus, you have a way, right? When we're worshiping that his way is greater than our ways, you're thinking about your lotto ticket, and God's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Right? There's things you can accidentally 
you know, do. There's things that you can accidentally happen. Like one of, one of my favorite feelings in the world is when I'm at Target and, uh, and there's a big old line and then it just so happens the register next to me opens. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There's little things like that, right? Accidents. You know what I'm saying? Or like when you get that front parking, you're like, come on now. Jesus loves me. Favor isn't fair. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You get that front park and, and, or for me, you know, I'm, I'm a sneakerhead, And, uh, so when you, you, with the way sneakers works is you can't just buy them in the store no more. You got to get the drop and you got to win. And when you get that win, you're like, Oh Jesus, you're just so good. What, what can't happen on accident is like getting in shape. Like no one just like woke up with a six pack, right? Like unless you're Zadok, unless you're my son, it's just natural. But like, he didn't get that from his father. Like he got that from his grandpa, I guess. Uh, but, but no one like wakes up in shape. No one wakes up spiritually healthy. It, it takes intentionality. And so Psalms one is, is a beautiful description of what it looks like to be consistent. And I believe that the heart of devotion is measured by consistency, not by success and gifting. Jesus is more interested in you choosing him daily than he is interested in you doing great things for him. Why do I know this? Because there are men and women that I have seen in the church that are great giftings, but then they fall and everything falls apart because they fall into sin. We're going to learn about that next week with David. Jesus would rather have us consistent than he would rather have us high results. Our metrics are not the same as God's metrics. What we define as success is not the same as God defines as success. And what I've learned is that the daily ends up exponentially producing something more powerful than just something that happens every now and then. And why do I feel like I'm sharing this? Because I believe that God specifically wanted to highlight, not just the men, but just in general, that God wants to strengthen you in your walk today. I believe that that's why God wanted to stop worship. God wanted to stop worship or extend worship for two reasons. One, he wanted to increase our capacity because how many of you know, kind of like running, worship is very similar. If you've ever tried jogging, you don't run five miles the first time. That's dumb. And if you've done it, you know how dumb it is. How many of you ever tried running like five miles, four miles, three miles? You're like, it's the first day. I'm in the gym. I'm ready to go. I know because I just did this recently. And you run, you're like, I got this. And it doesn't hurt the first day because you haven't been doing nothing for like three years. But how many of you know, like the next two days, you can't walk. You walk around with baby deer legs. Right? You're crawling everywhere. Like, dude, you got to chill, right? You can't just be doing that. Why? Because your body can't handle it. You're not going to make it. It's the same thing with worship. If you are in this room and you are already bored by song two, it's because your capacity is not where it needs to be in worship. If you're already thinking what I'm going to eat for lunch by song three, you ain't going to make it. That's why some of you don't come to the prayer room for an hour. That's why some of you don't sign up for group. Because some of y'all by song three, you're like, oh, song three, here we go. I was, I was late to song one. And okay, I didn't really, song one didn't really count. And then song two, okay, that's a good one. And song three is always the banger. That's when everyone makes me cry a little. And you're like, oh no, Juan has a tag. It's song three and a half. And you're like, right? And Juan is about to close it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not. I'm not trying to condemn anyone, but let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Worship's over. Oh, dude, Chris is up there. How long is this going to go? 
I get it because I was the same way, right? I, I did the same thing. Like I, I, we've, all, we've all played church before. Come on now. But what God would say is, can I increase your capacity? So 30 minutes of worship isn't a big deal once a week, but can I increase your capacity where you're worshiping me 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day, an hour a day? Not, not because that's what spiritual radicalness looks like, but because when you begin to choose Jesus on the daily, everything else begins to change. So why did God want to extend worship today? Because I believe he wants to increase our capacity. And the second thing, how is he going to increase our capacity? How is he going to make the nets bigger, right? Jesus talks about this in the Gospels, about new wine and old wineskins. How is he going to do that? He's got to get rid of some old wineskins. He's got to stretch some new wineskins. He's got to increase us. He's got to make us greater inside so we can handle what God has for us. He also has got to strengthen us. He's got to work on the foundation. He's got to do some deep things in us. And when he does that, right, our roots got to go deeper. So that way we can grow a little more. Maybe you're in a season of tension, not because God's mad at you, but because you can't stay where you're at because you need to go deeper. You know, sometimes God will send you storms to toughen you up, not to take you out. There's a reason why palm trees last through hurricanes. Right? There's a reason why that it doesn't matter the storm of their life. Like this doesn't matter the storm of what they're going through. It's a deepening. And so for us in the room, I believe that if we are to choose Jesus, if God's going to have all of us, we have to allow ourselves to be strengthened and deepened. And I believe Psalms 1 gives us perfect language of what that looks like. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners. What does that mean? Like really doing whatever sinners do. I'll let you interpret that the way you want to with your friends. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I love that. Right? So, so, so he breaks down one and two by this. There's the wicked. Who? What do the wicked do? They listen to the wicked. Right? They listen to people who live their life wickedly. They are in the pathway and do life with people who are contrary to God's word. And then they sit with and hang out with people who just scoff and complain about everything. Right? That's what, blessed is the man who doesn't do those three things. But, and then he switches it to verse two, but blessed is the man who delights in God's word, the law of the Lord, and meditates on it day and night. Okay, here's what I've learned. When I'm in sin, it's because I'm, most of the sometimes I'm hanging out with foolish, sinful people. When I am following Jesus, it's because his word is on my mind daily. I am washing myself in the word. I am washing myself in the word. I am washing myself in the word. I wake up, I'm thinking of scripture. I'm going to bed, I'm waking up scripture. When I'm driving to work, I'm thinking of scripture. I got to learn to fall in love with the Bible. Family, we got to learn to fall in love with the Bible. If the only time you hear the Bible is on Sunday, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you're like, man, I just feel so distanced from Jesus. When's the last time you woke up in the morning? You just read the Bible. It's not that complicated. You got to, where do I start? Start with John. It's not that hard. Don't start with Genesis. You're never going to finish it. <laughs> right. And I'm, again, on my mind, on my mind, on my mind, right? On my mind, I'm meditating, I'm meditating. But, but really what it is, is God's on my mind. God's on my mind. God's on my mind. God's on my mind. And what I've learned is that. If I allow that, then, then, then what I'm doing is I'm giving my whole self to Jesus consistently. Now, if that means you wake up early, fine. If you stay up late, I don't want to get religious about it. You got to find your rhythm. You got to find your pattern. But you want to be strengthened. Family, you got to work out. 
you got to eat right and you got to get moving, right? Because you don't just get in shape by not work by working out. You also got to stop eating chicken nuggies. You know what I'm talking about? You got to start eating right. So not only is it doing the right things, but you got to, it's, it's, it's the same way where you got to eat the word, right? You got to, you got to eat. It's, it's in the old Testament where the Bible says that the nation of Israel was in the desert. Okay. I'm just kind of going on a tangent. Follow me. The nation of Israel was in the desert. And the Bible says that in the desert, God gave to them manna daily. And the way it would work is that the manna at the end of the day would turn into worms because they could not store the manna. Why? Because he wanted the nation of Israel to depend on him and only him and not their own self. Okay. Okay. So daily manna. Jesus shows up in the New Testament and he says in Matthew that give us this day our daily bread. We all know that. Some of us who are Catholic really know that, right? Who grew up Catholic, our daily bread. What is he referring to? The manna in the Old Testament. And then in John, he says that I am the bread of life, that I am the one who you consume of. And so if you connect these and then now David is in the middle with Psalms, what he's saying is as you consume me daily, that's what you need to be sustained with your life. I want to challenge some of us in the room that the reason you are struggling is not because God hates you, but it's because you're not having enough of Jesus in your life. The reason you're struggling is you are choosing Jesus only when you need him and not choosing him daily. And I believe that God would want to challenge you and remind you that if you would allow yourself to choose him daily, his word, who he is day and night, it is the difference between a man that is blessed and a man that is wicked. And God's heart and desire for you is a man that is blessed or a woman that is blessed, a husband that is blessed, a wife that is blessed versus someone who is wicked. And what does he have to do to do that? He'll do like what he's doing today. He will stop the service, change the message, tell this guy to talk to us about something different to get your attention because some of you are in a place where it's like, man, I really need something to change and I really need something to be different and I really need God to come through and I feel like God would say to you today, he needs you to come through. This one's on you this time. There's times where it's like, God, I don't know what to do. You got to come through and God's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. It's not going to be how you want. It's not going to be how you like, but I got you. This time, I feel like the Lord's saying to some people in the room, you need, to, you need to take your daily medicine. You need to eat. You need to eat. You need to stop just eating junk all week and only eat good once. You need to eat. You need to be strengthened because, family, I got something for you in mind. I feel like that's what God would say to you today. I got something for you in mind. I got something for you in this season. I got something for you in this next season. Why? Because we learn about this in the next verse. That a man who does this, a woman who does this, is like a tree planted, rooted by a river whose fruit is in every single season. I want to believe that Thrive would have individuals and people who have fruit every single season. When everything's going great, I got fruit still that's happening. If everything's going wrong, I still got fruit that's happening. If everything's going the way is planned, there's fruit that's happening. If everything's going that's not planned, there's fruit that's happening. That there is actually things that people can see that I am producing that is healthy. That's what fruit is right? Fruit. It's this idea of something healthy that something else can consume and be life-giving to them. If you don't have fruit, that means all you're doing is taking and consuming 
and eventually that's dying. But fruit means it's life-giving, it's reproducible. One fruit, one like an apple, open it up, seeds can go into many trees, right? It's this idea of continual growth, development, and multiplication. It's continuing to grow deeper and continuing to grow wider. And it's in every season, not just in certain seasons that you feel good. God wants to strengthen us because God wants all of us, not just some of us. And how is he going to have all of us? You got to give him you daily, my friends. And so I think today was challenging for a good reason. And I hope today it was life-giving because I believe God wants to help you with tomorrow, not just make you feel good on Sunday. I believe God wants to help you. Come on. Some of y'all had some good Thanksgivings. Some of y'all had some rough Thanksgivings. That's another sermon for another time. Some of y'all had like three, four days off. And you know what's the worst? Like waking up on Monday and feeling like, oh, I hate my life. I just have to believe that Jesus has more for you than you just hating your life. I just, I just, as, a, as your pastor, as one of your pastors here, that even if it's rough, it doesn't mean that God's not in it. That just because it's hard doesn't mean that God can't do something with it. That just because it's impossible doesn't mean that God's not going to get involved. That just because it feels like there's nothing I can do to stop it doesn't mean that God can make it fruitful because he would make you like he made David, a tree that is planted by a river that has fruit in every single season of my life, that has fruit when the bills are good or the bills are not good, that has fruit when my kids are listening or my kids are not listening, that has fruit when everything's going great at work or everything's not going great at work, that has fruit when there's family drama or there's no family drama. Why? Because they do not determine how fruitful I am. They do not determine what is produced in me. They are not the ones taking care of me. They are not the ones that are providing for me. They are not the ones that have this heart. They are not the ones that control this soil. It is someone greater and his name is Jesus. That I would be like a tree that is planted and nothing's going to move me. Nothing's going to shake me. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to hinder me. Nothing's going to allow me to not do what God has called me to do. I don't know about you, but someone needs to get excited in this room because you've been in a season where you're one way and then you're wishy-washy this week. Maybe you love Jesus on Sunday, but by Thursday you're off. Can I just speak prophetically to your spirit that the days where you're one way and another way are gone because Jesus would want to do something in your life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So when you come to this building on Sunday, you're not all beat up, jacked up, and screwed up, but there's an excitement in you because God's been doing something in you all throughout the week anyways. And it doesn't matter what season, winter, summer, spring, or fall, God would produce something in you consistently. I want to be a church that's producing something consistently. I want to be a husband that loves my kids consistently. I want to be a, a, a father that loves my kids consistently. I want to be a husband that loves my wife consistently. I want to be a man and a son to God that loves God consistently. Rooted and planted. Daily. Family, that needs to get you excited. 
Because that's the beautiful thing about Christianity. Christianity is not an event. It's a lifestyle. This thing, wants to every, Jesus wants everything to do with you. And he just doesn't want to hang out with you on a Sunday. High five you in the lobby. And you feel good about it on your way out. There is something that happens when the gospel comes inside your heart. And you are transformed from the inside out. And no longer is it me. But it's Christ in me. And if Christ is in me. Then everything around me does not have authority to happen to me. Because God has done something so deep in me. That nothing can separate me from God and his love and if nothing can separate me nor depth nor height nor angel nor principality that's what Paul says therefore I can choose Jesus every single day of my life I can trust him with the good the bad the ugly I can choose him even when everything else hasn't chosen me I will choose him I'm excited I'm excited because this is going to transform your marriage. I'm excited because this is going to transform your family. I'm excited because this is going to transform your mind. Why? It starts with the daily. And that's, my friends, what I think God wanted to tell you and why he stopped worship. And we would fall in love with him every day. So stand to your feet with me. I'm going to let you go. I know. I went on a rant. I'm sorry. I got, I got, whoo, I know. Thank God I'm only preaching two today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just. I, I just, uh, I just, I just really love you. I want you to make it. And we're here to help too. Don't get me wrong. Like that's why we do this together, but. I want you to stop blaming everything else and that God can actually do what he needs to do in your life. That's all. I just want to believe that Jesus has something greater for you than feeling depressed and embarrassed and shamed and guilty all day long, feeling miserable and heartbroken. There's something greater, family. So can we just go before the Lord just real quick? We're going to let you go. You're going to have lunch plans. It's going to be great. It's all good, but, but can we just go before the Lord and, and really sincerely ask him to do something in us daily? Can we pray Psalms 1 over ourselves? Maybe some of you, that's a great verse to start with. Just memorize Psalms 1. It's going to take you about three, four months. Just read it every day. Write it on a notebook or on an index card or put it on your backdrop of your phone and just read it and let God just let him submerse you in his word and let you be uh, completely immersed in his presence I want to teach our people not just to have a good weekend with God but I want to teach our people I want to teach even myself I want to remind myself that I want a lifestyle with Jesus so can we pray for that today close your eyes with me bow your heads I want to pray for you Jesus I pray right now for my friends quick question if any of you in the room just a quick question and you know you're in wickedness and you know when you're in sin and you know you need to repent slip up your hand for me I want to pray for you you know it I'm not going to ask you what it is but you know exactly what it is all right I want you to repeat after me and you could repeat this under your breath but man we let's just say it all together because none of us are perfect just say this with me Jesus I'm sorry I repent of my wickedness of my sin and help me to follow you good I say that because we're not going to get anywhere if you keep doing what you're doing and not acknowledge that what you need to do you need to stop but I pray for my friends in here I pray for the family of this house 
whether your hands are up or you put your hand on your heart, whatever, you can do whatever you need to. Jesus, I just declare Psalms 1. I want to read it over your spirit one more time. Is that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. I declare to you, you're a tree planted by streams of water, that you will yield fruit in its season. Your leaves will not wither, and what you do will prosper. The wicked are not so but are chafed like the wind that drives away. You will not be like a reed tossed in the wind. I speak that over you, over this house. We will not be like a reed, a chafe, a leaf tossed in the wind and the storm of the problems of today, the winds of culture, the winds of sin and the winds of society. We say that we would be rooted and planted in Christ Jesus. So we pray this. We pray this verse. For my friends, I pray you would give us a passion and a hunger to follow you daily. I pray that you would revive in us a spirit to choose you. I pray, Jesus, that you would make you real. That, that, that God, you would come through the reality of God in every part of our life. I pray that it would be greater than just the checking of boxes of religion. God, I pray that this relationship would become authentic for my friends today. And you, Holy Spirit, would continue to fortify and strengthen the people of this room. I don't know who needed to hear this message. I pray that someone did. We trust that you were speaking and that Holy Spirit, that you would just continue to do what you're doing with us. We thank you for our church. We thank you for what you're doing at Thrive. And I pray for my friends that you would continue to do all that you want to do, not just today, but tomorrow, Tuesday, and the rest of the week, that Jesus, you would become real in every part of our life. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Let's just give it up for what God did in the room. Awesome. Love you. Family, thanks for rolling. I believe that with all our heart, with all my heart, that this is what we do here at our church. We have plans and processes, but man, when Jesus wants to speak, Jesus speaks. And I just honor you for saying yes to God and going for it. One favor before you leave, do me a favor. Everybody say growth track. Growth track is how you become part of the family. If you are not part of the family, you want to be part of the family, make it officially your church. Sign up for growth track. Text this number on the screen, sign up online or in the lobby. Sound good? All right, family, have a great rest of your week. You might have a friend. We love you all. We'll see you next Sunday. Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a blessed day and blessed week.